Um, so if you knew me, you would know that I'm pretty decent at doing accents. Hi, I'm Leah Parker Belker, a T22, and this is If You Knew Me, a grassroots podcast dedicated to celebrating diversity, equity, and inclusion at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. This podcast was born out of a desire to deepen student connections and foster a culture of belonging here at Tuck. In this show, I sit down with my peers to get to know them on a more personal level. Guests on If You Knew Me share something about themselves that only their close family and friends know. My hope is that by allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with one another, we build greater trust, understanding, and empathy within our community. Hi, I'm here today with Michael Katindig, a T22. Thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to begin by explaining a little bit about how you got good at accents? I feel like they were just something that always kind of got me curious. Mm. You know, it's like I would look at someone and they would, or I would listen to them and they'd speak in a way that like I hadn't heard before. And I would just want to know like how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. It would kind of gnaw at me. Like how come, you know, they can So would you practice would you would you hear it and then you would like go around the corner and see if you could mimic it or, or I don't how think it was it... ever that conscious a thing. I think especially once I got like a few under my belt and I started getting the hang of it, it was almost more there was almost more of like an interplay with just curiosity. Like, oh, I wonder why they pronounce that that way. Mm. I wonder if it's like you know, is it because of their like language? I wonder what the structure of their language is that makes them pronounce it like that. And some accents are just fun. Right. Like, it's just fun to speak. All right, you've prompted me really well. What's your favorite? Or what are some fun ones? I love the West African accent. Okay. I think it's hilarious. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> uh, especially when they start to get, like, honestly, like, okay, so a lot of these impressions, right? Like, with anything with impressions, especially anything with comedy, there's going to be an element of, like, exaggeration. Right. Right. But usually, you know that it's pretty legit, like, if you can get people from the place that you're imitating laughing. Because if you do it accurately and they do it well... There's, some, there's an intelligence behind it, and there's something that sure. they can identify when you do it. Right. So, yeah, we can, like, so... Oh, you're going to do some for us right yeah, now? Yeah. Okay. So I always think of, like, the West African, especially, like, the Nigerian accent. It starts off high, and okay. then it, like, drops low all of a sudden. Okay. Especially when they say, it's like, what are you talking about? Ah. You know what I mean? I don't know what you are talking about. I don't know what you are trying to say to me. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what their cadence is like. When a person speaks with an accent, and like with a, when a person you know who, whose English is not their first accent speaks, you get sort of like you get an idea of cult, like what their culture is like, what the sticks and the carrots are in their mm. culture, and I find that really really interesting. So as well. so what do you mean by that, or, or what do you listen for to 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 parse out their culture? Just what kind of things are they referring to? What yeah. kind of thing like like with Filipinos. There's always like a family and like a poverty element to it. It's very mm. sort of ingrained in our culture. You know what right. I mean? So okay. they'll usually just, it's just, it's, it's like you said, like it's, it's parsed into it and mm. it's very, very subtle. But usually the way that Filipinos argue, we have this, we have an expression in Tagalog called utang ng loob, which means like debt. Of, it's like if you translate it literally, it means debt of emotion. Like, like lack of? No, it's like literally like a debt. Oh, oh, okay. Like they'll oh. just throw it in your face. 
Uh, and like they'll, I, like I have uncles and they're kind of pieces of shit. But like they'll be like, hopefully they're not listening right now. No, I mean they know. <laughs> they totally know what they're about. But they'll just, you know, they'll come up to you and they'll just be like, hey, um, can I can I borrow, you know, some money? And you're like, no. And then they'll they'll hit you with the debt. They'll be like, hey, you know, like your mom, when when she came to America, you know, I I I took care of her, huh? She had no visa, but she was, you know, she was hiding in my house. You're like, yeah, that was like that was like 30 years ago. <laughs> they were like, reach out to her. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why don't you talk to her? And they're like, hey, you know, like because we're family. They always do that because we're family. We have to look up for each other. You know, it's very much yeah. they have that kind of a mentality. Whereas the British people, when they talk, they're just like, ooh, I love this accent. They're just so like they're just the most like emotionally neutral people mm. like I've ever spoken to. I feel like with Americans, it's like if they go to a party. They want to use um, some kind of hyperbole okay. to describe it. It was great. It was, aw- You know what I mean? It was awesome. British people, they could go to literally like the most amazing thing. And you'd just be like, how was the party? Oh, it was all right. Like, you know, a lot of people shows up. Um, there's a lot of money going around. A lot. Like, there's just a lot happening. Like, about 300 people there. Um, just, you know, it, was, it, it actually got pretty fucking crazy. But yeah, it was fine. It was standard. It was all right. Like, they can describe the most incredible thing, like, happening to them, and they'll just be very British about it. Like, I feel like Americans can make anything sound exciting. Yeah. And Brits <laughs> can make anything sound boring and, like, emotionally draining. Mm. So, okay, when you've done accents, have you ever offended anyone? Um, actually, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Um... And that kind of, I mean, that kind of ties into my mentality about comedy. Right. I feel like comedians should be able to say what they want because I think people are smarter than other people give them credit for. Hmm. You know, there's a, there's a very, for me, right, like, I can tell the difference between comedy and hate speech, hmm. right? But I think a lot of the time what happens, and I think, I think what's happening a lot now is people just take things that are said, say, in a comedy bar. They will take it out of context, hmm. right? And the thing is... If you're not if you're not present right at that comedy session or whatever and you see just a clip of what a comedian said in writing with no context and no right. setup and no knowledge of the jokes that led up to it and you read it you would think oh my god this is awful mm. um, and I think again like if it's something like an accent like mm. if you're gonna do say an Indian accent there's a way that you can do it where people think oh he actually knows what we're about and he actually knows where we come from and oh, interesting. you yeah. and you enable them to laugh at themselves right that's the sign of not just a good accent that's a sign of good comedy mm. but if like it's, it's essentially the difference if like if someone told me like hey like do an Indian accent and um, I'd say yeah you know what is it that you want me to say I noticed that with an Indian accent, right? Like, it's all about choosing the right word because they've got such an they've got such an exemplary type of vocabulary, right? It's not just tell me a story. It's can you tell me an anecdote? Can you tell me a humorous anecdote mm. that is appropriate to the situation? And if you say something like that, right? It's a combination of like what you say, how you do it. There's an observation mm. behind it, but if like you went to like an Indian person and you. Just the da, 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 that's insulting. Right. Right? It's the same thing if you're like Asian or Oriental. If someone does a good, like, if someone has an insight into Filipino culture and they can do the impression, as a Filipino, I appreciate that. Mm. I think that's really, really funny. 
But if you just say something that is, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just blatantly racist. Right. You know, I think most people are intelligent. You should trust people to be intelligent enough to tell the difference mm-hmm. between that. I don't, I don't really agree with this culture of listening to a comedian and then saying what his intention was. Right. You mean, or like thinking you might know it. Or, or saying saying you understood the, the mm-hmm. because right because you're 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 the most powerful way that you can exercise your opinion in a place like a comedy club is to not laugh. Right. That's the that's most true. Actually, that's yeah. the most powerful thing you can do to a comedian. Because yeah. I've been because I used to do I I did a little bit of stand up like after college, and British audiences are savage because yeah. in America. Usually, what I what I've found with like some of the shows that I've been to here is, if they don't find it funny, they'll probably heckle you, right? Mm. Which for some comedians that like there are some comedians who have a very combative style of comedy and they actually thrive, you know. They want they're they're looking for that reaction. They're mm-hmm. like egging you on almost. And the thing is too, like heckling, um, like if you know how to deal with it, like if you have sort of an idea of how to deal with it, heckling is energy. Mm. And energy is like something that you can redirect. It's something that you can f- focus on. It's you can do something with it, right? In the UK, what I found is when uh, comics bomb, people just sit on their hands and stay silent. Yeah. And In America, you get like half-hearted chuckles if you feel bad for them or mm-hmm. something. But British people are savage. Like I would much rather bomb in front of an audience that heckles me, because again, I'm I'm receiving some kind of energy from the audience than an audience that just sits on their hands dead silent and just are dead silent you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I've sat through both and um, the one where the audience was silent was way more painful mm. to sit through because you're just everything just every joke just hurts so did you use accents in your bits or in your yeah stand-up? yeah okay. for sure especially because like London's such a multinational city mm, oh you did it in London okay yeah so I did like um I did like the university circuit Ooh. so the universities the universities in London would have like comedy clubs and stuff like that um and they would you could just sign up and be like hey give me like five minutes give me ten minutes and then yeah I think but I think also like if you can do something like accents or you have kind of a more like multinational mindset it does well in london i don't know if i would kill it like in small towns mm. i don't really know if they would appreciate it well as i think much. yeah i bet i mean you were saying you might want to go to new york after after tuck but mm-hmm. i bet new york would appreciate it yeah yeah for sure um i think people have that same kind of mindset they're used to meeting they just have a mentality where you know they're used to meeting people who aren't from there right um so there's an openness there um for sure like in the philippines you like i always know where i am in in terms of like i can tell where i am because it i can tell which accents people are like really a fan of oh interesting so like in the philippines they only ever want to hear me do indian interesting Interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only one that they I could drop a bunch of other ones. But again, because it's not a very multinational place. And when you say that, do you mean it's they don't really think about they don't really have an appreciation for or think about like a variety of countries or what do you mean when Absolutely. Okay, that's what it is. Absolutely. Okay. Um I I I, I feel like I, I don't know. I'm always in kind of a strange place when it's like you have these diversity talks and stuff like that. Sure. And I feel like white people are always getting attacked for 
like not being aware or not i don't know sometimes i just imagine like i just imagine like old white people just getting confused you know what i mean mm. in like a boardroom somewhere like i don't know like they're yelling at us again about what i don't know like syrup i don't know i don't know what we're doing wrong anymore mm. but the same kind of closed-mindedness it's you know, just I, elsewhere is what you're trying to it's just say. as present in the filipino community you know especially if you're talking to people in manila who kind of grew up there and like i i i feel like for me i mean and it's probably a byproduct of just the way that i was raised but for me you know like one of the things that kind of perturbs me is um like i get it right i get that usually people who are quote unquote say open-minded mm. that's usually a byproduct of um that's usually a byproduct of like um being blessed financially it mm. takes money to travel it takes whether you want to admit it or not like all this stuff that widens your perspective like going mm. to european cities and spending a semester abroad right that's right that's available to a certain socioeconomic ladder um and in the philippines you know like i get it a lot of people travel is not something that's accessible right because it's mm. expensive you, pay, you you go to you get a plane ticket you're paying for that thing in dollars right mm. so it means you need to be earning enough in pesos to but i guess you know the sticking point for me and what really kind of what really kind of grinds my gears is I have the belief that, you know, with that in mind, I always had that belief that, like, if you can travel and if you can get these experiences abroad and widen your perspective because you can afford to, mm. I always felt like you don't have, there's no excuse for you not to. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have the means to do it. I think, I think maybe that's just the way that I was raised. Like, I moved around quite a bit, but mm. I, I have, that's something that I have always just felt. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as someone that was blessed with the ability to travel a little bit as well when I was younger, I mean, I, I have a similar perspective of how how glad I am my parents used the money we had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, I'm biased because that's what I did. You know, I'm Exactly. Think, I'm thinking about how we could have spent the money. Maybe we could have done something domestic mm-hmm. or um, maybe we could have rented a cabin or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to think. That, who knows, maybe if we had gone that path, I would have appreciated it just as much and would have been heartbroken to lose that to travel. Yeah. So I'm sure it's just kind of whatever you were given. I think so. Given. I mean, whatever your, um, whatever, your, your perspective is like, it's the product of your upbringing. It's the product of your economic situation. Yeah. So it's like, like when Filipinos travel, like the worst thing that you can do for Filipinos like if they're let's say I was based in New York and like my family was coming to stay, I don't think they're gonna want to go camping. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's um because you don't want to hike the white the white mountains. Absolutely not, because they're gonna be like, hey, you know, you're going to do this to me. I had six months. It took me to get a visa, and I had to wait in line, and then I you know I had to convert my pesos to dollars, and then because for them traveling is like an ordeal. Right. Right. Like not everyone is not everyone has a passport where you can literally just show up right <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people a lot of people don't have that going for them you know that's what i that's what i always tell myself as well it's like like i can go to the uk and i can just get free medicine mm. i can go to america with no money in my bank account and when i get there whoever's at the airport is like oh you know they'll look at me and say welcome home mm. and the fact that you can like you know, if you have the ability to do that in two first world countries, then, you know, you should probably, that's something you should probably be cognizant of. Hmm. Well, 
Thank you so much, Michael. We have covered such a range of topics and I'm so excited about it. Is there anything though you want to end with about going back to your statement around accents or impressions that I might not have asked you about? Yeah, I mean, if you want to hear more, you're always welcome to buy me a beer. Oh my gosh, at Murphy's. I will. So <laughs> that's that's an open advert to anybody. Um, <laughs> just you know, plug me with alcohol. Do you want to say what your favorite drink is, just so people know? It's probably Guinness. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to hear more, you know, it's always that thing, right? Like leave them hanging. Yeah, because I like so. I like to end all these episodes with a fun question. And for me, I guess that – or for you, I guess it would be, like, your favorite drink. So is it – you just said Guinness. That's what you want to go with? I Yeah. I, I like Guinness. I think it's more pro- – I, I didn't really drink it in the Philippines because, like, I always considered it, like, a cold weather. It's a little heavy. It's very heavy. Or the, the British call it stodgy. <laughs> that's their word for it because it just kind of sits in your stomach and I usually like I'm like if I get a pint I'm good I don't really need uh, I don't really need much else so yeah open invite open invite if anybody wants to buy me a pint I'm totally down awesome well thank you so much um, have a great day you too thank you thanks for listening to this episode of If You Knew Me please check out our other episodes to support and learn more about other Tuckies special thanks to my TP Alex Mitko for helping edit these episodes If you have any questions or feedback on the podcast, or if you want to be featured in a future episode, please contact us at tuck.if.u.new.me.podcast at tuck.dartmouth.edu.